Hi everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. This week we are chatting about five strategies that you can use to increase your sales in your art business. And it's not just sales overall, we're actually focusing in this week on online sales. So these are five strategies that you can use in the online marketplace. Hello Laura, how are you going? I'm really good. Here we are in a in the office, in your office. Mm-hmm. Something new for something new for me, anyway. Mind you, I did uh, go into this art business actually trying to get out of being in an office, <laughs> and I find myself back under bright lights. <laughs> and here you are invading my space. Yeah, but we're trying something new and mixing things up a bit, which is always good. So we've just come off the back of a sale from our one-year anniversary. Yeah, if you listened to our podcast last week, we were celebrating one year of offering online classes and, and one year of working together. And what we did was offer a sale on our classes, a coupon that was available for a limited time where people could access 30% off all of the classes. Now that coupon is now over, (laughs) but what I wanted to talk about was the importance of having sales strategies in your creative business. It's something that we sometimes gloss over or we pull away from, even just feel a little bit icky about doing sales things and yet it can have such a huge impact on your bottom line. You really do need to accept the fact that you're in business. This is part of a business is is running different sales, marketing campaigns, selling yourself, putting yourself out there. You can't be putting an online course out every week. There's just too much to do. Mm. So there's going to be lulls in your income stream. That's right. And and that's where smart marketing strategies can really help you even out the flow of your income over the year. Another thing is, is that you can get caught up in this sort of treadmill of creating content and you're creating, you just feel like you have to make more stuff, more stuff in order to generate income. And whether that be art or classes or podcasts or anything, uh, and you forget what you already have. You forget the things that you've already created. They get they gather dust in the background. Yeah, it's better to have less content that's really good content that's well marketed. That's a better overall business strategy. So rather than having all sorts of things, have a few good things and keep on putting them out to your audience because you're always tapping into new people. And there's new people coming on board, finding out about you and what you do all the time that have no idea of what you did a year ago. That's all brand new to them. And yet we forget that. We think, oh, that's done and dusted. You know, that was the case a little bit with our very first online class, The Melting Pot. It would have been easy for us to just kind of put that aside and focus on creating new things. But that class has continued to be a big seller for us and there are people who are only just experiencing it now because we took the time to do a sale and and re-communicate what we have available. It also shows the progression we make. Yeah well it's a hard one isn't it because when we went back to have a look at that we almost feel a little bit kind of oh you know there's things we could have done better And you're always growing. So some of your earlier products, you might not be as happy with. Same goes for your art, you know, whether that be paintings and things or prints. But we're we're our own harshest critics. Yeah. 
So it's important to not let that get in the way of something that could be very good for your business. So what's today's podcast about? So today's podcast, I'm going to share with you five strategies that you can use for selling art online. Really going to focus on the online art sales side of things in this episode. There are many ways that you can sell art and we've touched on them in other episodes. There's an episode called Steps to Selling Your Art and I'll link that in the podcast notes. But this one, I want to talk about specific strategies that you can use online. And one of the reasons that I want to focus on this is because the art world or the creative world is changing and becoming very much an online space and we're seeing less and less artists going down like the traditional gallery route and more and more artists choosing to sell their own work online and effectively kind of cut out the middleman. This is a strategy that many people can access. It's opening up doors for artists to come in and sell their work, whatever their background is. And so we exist in this new modern world where anyone with a good idea can bring that idea out and share it with people, which is an exciting place to be. But part of being in this modern world is understanding how to make best use of this opportunity that we find ourselves in. Social media plays a really big part in this. So wrapping your head around using social media to drive um, traffic to your business and increase your sales is, I guess, at the core of this conversation. Obviously, there's the moral dilemma of chasing likes and comments Mm. and followers (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. But from a business point of view, the more of that stuff you have does generate more sales. It's about getting people's attention and touching them many times in different ways so that they don't miss out on what you've got to offer. Okay, let's get into the strategies. So the first one that I want to talk about for artists, or it could be applied to other creative pursuits, is this idea of sharing a painting a day. What you can do is decide on your time frame. I often see this on Instagram where it runs for a month. So it's quite a big commitment. It's something that you need to be prepared for. If you're going to complete a painting every day, share that process and the final piece on Instagram and then offer it up to your audience to buy. They need to write something like sold in the comments on Instagram. You then send them over a PayPal invoice or whatever it is that you use to collect payments and you go through the process of uh, that sale with that person. If that person, for whatever reason, doesn't pay up, then it goes to the next in line. And you just do what, one one a day for a month? Yeah, I mean, you could choose a different time frame. You could do it for a week. It's up to you, but it's a great way of generating a lot of interest in your work. It's also brilliant for your own practice because it's like doing something like a hundred day challenge or, you know, it, it gives you challenge yeah, or, something, or yeah. something like that. So it has that effect of being good for your sales, but also good for you um, because you have to focus. You, you need to create consistent work. Another thing you can do is share fun parts of the process. So it lends itself to doing time-lapse videos and sharing what materials you've used. And you'll find that people, they know that you're going to post something. So they come back and they seek you out and they're going to look you up. It does a lot of really good things. On the flip side of that, it requires a lot of work. You need to be organized. You need to meet that daily commitment. 
which is why I would suggest preparing ahead of time. Just because it's a painting a day doesn't mean that you have to paint that painting that day. You can do that, but you can also pre-prepare for it and just share your painting a day process even though you've prepared in advance. Yeah, so going into that, you could have, so let's say you're doing a painting a day for a month. Mm. You could have like 12 already done. Yeah. And then off you go. That's right. So you could be a little bit ahead. Another thing you could do is do some prep work. If you decide you want to do it in kind of real time, you could do that. But what I would suggest is getting all your materials ready, setting up your space, having your colour palette picked out, having your design concept, uh, maybe preparing your substance streets. So I would still suggest doing prep work, even if you were going to give yourself the challenge of actually doing the painting on the day, because that's a great challenge for someone to take on is to actually do the painting on the day. But it's, it is a a difficult one because, you know, lives are busy (laughs) and weekends and things like that. So just need to really think about that side of things. Um, But you can certainly prep in advance. You can theme it And sometimes there's challenges going around. So you could piggyback off the back of a challenge and say that you're doing this challenge and that you'll be selling the work from that. You get mountains of content from that. It's a great way of getting a lot of content that you can then use again later. You can write blog posts about it. You could record a podcast episode about it, share with your newsletter subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well, you could talk about it for the month. So yeah. you'd be recording four podcasts, Instagram stories, mm. photos, time lapses, videos. And if you choose a theme for your painting of the day challenge, maybe give it a name and stay focused with it, you're going to create something that's memorable for people. So even down the track, they'll remember that you created that beautiful botanical series over that month or a minimal art or landscapes or whatever it is that you choose. There's a lot of Instagram strategies in there. You could create your own hashtag. Mm. You could create your own little group. Could encourage other people People to to do do it. it. Yeah. Mm. So that's a great overall strategy that could do many things for you not just increase your sales by selling the pieces of art but also increase your your following so the next one is to have a product of the month so this could be something like it lends itself well to um, something like a print if you offer prints in your business that you could choose to have a print of the month, create some exclusivity around it. So I have seen this done really well um, by the artist Lisa Congdon, who has a print of the month and she offers a limited edition of that print. And then once it's gone, it's gone. It creates a sense of urgency around buying the print you get to... It's exclusive. Yeah. And, you know, once you've you've created one piece of art and you're selling, you're not having to create 50 originals. It's another way of um, making the most of what you've created. Another way of having a product of the month could be to have something like an, if you have online classes, we could, we've never done this, but it's an idea, you know, we could have a featured class of the month. And for that month only, you have some kind of discount going on that class. So that's another possibility. So just thinking about timeframes and creating urgency and exclusivity with your offer. Okay, the third strategy is to create 
a special collection of work or a series and instead of sharing it say on a daily basis or an ad hoc basis you do kind of like the opposite you choose a date and you build up anticipation and then you launch the whole collection on that date and sometimes you might tie that in with some kind of seasonal event or have a look at when is a good time to, to release a collection at the moment in Australia, Mother's Day is coming up. So you might tie in with that and have, I've got a new collection coming out or a new series and it's launching on the 1st of May in time for Mother's Day, treat your mum. One of the things I like about creating a collection is that you are batching in a sense. And when I say batching, you can batch all of the tasks associated with the collection. So the photographing, the um, uploading it to your website. And what that means is that while you're creating the work, you can focus on creating the work and not be worrying so much about selling it. You can do that all together at the end. Because otherwise what you do and what I used to do, and it's just not time efficient, is, you know, create a piece and then individually deal with that piece, you know, photograph it, list it on my website. And I soon realised that that is not the way to do it. (laughs) It kind of gets in the way of your flow. And I think a much better way is to wait until you have a number of pieces and then launch them all together. And for your audience, that means that they've got a selection to choose from. They're not just focusing in on one piece, but if they're not sure about that piece, there's another piece or they could buy two or three that they can frame together. So it works well for your customers too to have a selection. As I said before, collections really do lend themselves to tying it in with whatever's going on. So whether that be it's the beginning of spring or um, summer's coming or Christmas, significant events that you can associate your collection with will be helpful in encouraging your sales. And if you can build a story that connects with the emotional side of making a purchase, rather than focusing on the facts, talk about the emotional impact of your collection, how that's going to make people feel. As I said before, you know, whether or not it could be a treat for themselves, or they're going to maybe brighten their home if it's a bright collection of vivid artwork just think about the um the emotional impact. yeah the emotional impact rather than focusing in on the specific detail rather than worrying about oh this i made this with charcoal and i put this over the top and it's been varnished with this people aren't really interested in that this painting makes me feel this way yes or you know i want to make someone special like my partner feel really happy and i know that they love this artist's work. They're the emotional decisions that people make when they purchase artwork. I mean, the amount of people that have bought artwork from me, which isn't for them, it's for their significant other or their mum, and they've gone out of their way. I've heard so many of these stories and they always touch me because people come to me and say, we were at the cafe and it will be a husband, you know, my wife was was in the cafe. She loved the art. I really want to surprise her for her birthday, that kind of thing. It's an emotional 
decision. Tapping into that when you are letting the world know about what you offer is going to help people to be able to do what they want to do, which is share your art with others that they love as well as enjoy it themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Strategy number four, and I want to talk about the people that have already put your hand up to say that they love what you do, your newsletter subscribers. If you don't have newsletter subscribers and you are in business selling artwork, then I think it's time to look into getting started with an email list. Because I was only saying to you the other day, my email list is one, it's probably, it is, okay, I'm going to say it's more important than the number of Instagram followers that I have. 100%. My email list And I don't have the percentage, I wish I did, but the percentage of sales that come from my email list compared to Instagram. I would take a stab in the dark and say it'd be in the 90s. Yeah. And my email list is substantially smaller than my Instagram Instagram follow account. Substantially, but it's very powerful. Yes. So once you have people on your email list, it's important to treat them well. They're the people that have said that they want to hear from you. One of the strategies that you can put into place is to have sales or offers that go to your email subscribers first. These are often referred to as VIP events. It can be like a first look at a new collection. So you may go on and offer that collection to the rest of the people that you you know on Instagram and Facebook and things, but you offer it out to your newsletter subscribers first so they get the first chance to grab things and um, snap up pieces that they want. Another idea that supports this strategy is When you are creating your newsletter list, you can segment your list. What that means is that you can get people to subscribe and you can put categories around those people. So you can know that they've subscribed because they want to purchase art from you as opposed to perhaps someone who's subscribed for another reason. So it might be they've subscribed because they love reading your blog or they're interested in your podcast. You can actually set up things so that you can segment your list and know who's there for what purpose so that you're only directing your marketing that's relevant. And this is particularly good for a VIP list of art collectors rather than having them lost in the pool of all your email subscribers to have a way of identifying them so that you're going out to them with what they need and what they're most interested in. I didn't know you could do that. That's great. Well, that's something that I've become interested in recently because our business is becoming increasingly diverse as far as the types of people that are interested in what we do. They're not all looking for everything. So we have people that are interested in the podcast. We have people that want to take the classes and then we have people who want to buy art. So it's something that you can do in most uh, email platforms. I use MailChimp. They're, They're becoming very advanced, these tools, as to what you can do with them and how you can slice and dice your audience in order to provide them and with the information they need and ultimately serve them well. But you don't need to get into that straight away. That's more of an advanced strategy. If you're just starting out, don't let that stop you. Just get started with a one email list. You can always segment later. Keep it simple and build as you learn. That's what I'm doing. I, I am starting to add in more advanced email marketing, but I've been doing this a while now. And the last one 
Number five is to run a flash sale. And this is a very popular strategy and it's a great one for what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, evening out your income. So if you are maybe heading into a slow period, it can be a great way to generate some income through a very short, snappy sale. And the key with a flash sale is the word flash. It is about having a sense of urgency around the sale that it's not something like a print of the month or a, um, something that's going to happen for a longer period. This is something that's usually going to happen for a few days, sometimes even shorter. It can be 24 hours. And the important thing is that you sort of kind of almost stop everything else and really pour your energy into your flash sale so that you are communicating it well and often so that everyone knows about it. Because if you don't do that, what you end up with is a whole lot of grumpy people (laughs) 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 Who who say, oh, I would have loved this, but I didn't get the email or I didn't, you know. So I think communication is really important with a flash sale. Now, you're confusing me. Yeah. A flash sale... Mm. is an impromptu sale yes. that you just drop out of blue, create urgency, get yep. in now, 24 hours, get it. I don't understand how you're meant to prepare people for that. Do you say the day before there's going to be a sale tomorrow? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is when you do the flash sale, you put it on your Instagram, you do your Instagram stories, you send it out to your newsletter subscriber list, you might do a Facebook Live. You might do an Instagram Live. You go... So blitz. Blitz it. You gotcha. blitz it so that everybody knows. And then while it's running, you continue to blitz it. You won't want to, but you, you say it again. You know, you say halfway through, sales ending soon, final hours, yeah. clock is ticking, all that kind of stuff. So that you really pour a lot of energy into letting as many people know in that short space of time about what you are offering. And because you are making it a short sale, the good thing about that is people usually will purchase straight away rather than go, oh, maybe I'll think about that. Yeah. And the shorter your sale is, the more urgency you create. So you have to balance that out and decide what's going to work well for your business. For our business, you know, we've got people coming from all different time zones and that creates a few challenges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I tend to have a slightly longer three-day sales are good for you know, three or four days. It doesn't matter. People it, always come in There's late. always people that yeah. are... <laughs> but it's that, only 10 o'clock in yeah, my time. Get, yeah, that get mixed up with the time zones and things. Yeah. So, But anyway, that's a flash sale. And what I've found in my experience, and, and this is my, my own experience, when I run sales, they seem to work well when I run them towards the end of the week into the weekend. And I think that's because a lot of people traditionally get paid on a Thursday and it's heading into the weekend. I don't know what it is, but I feel like people are a little bit more spendy towards the end of the week. I've also got people that maybe have a little bit more time on the weekend to read the email that I've sent or to actually do the course because I'm talking about online art classes at the moment. It works for me to have a sale that kind of hits Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it could be different for different industries and different types of creatives. So do you think it's a good idea at the beginning of the year to decide when you're going to 
do your sales? Like, are you going to say, okay, Mother's Day, be prepared for a sale. Christmas, be prepared for a sale. Mm-hmm. Do you cap it off? Like you say, I'm only going to do four sales this year. Yes, I think you need to have a strategy around both of those things, around when you do them and how often you are going to do them. Because if you're running sales all the time, when you go to release your full price items, people won't buy them because they'll be like, well, we'll just wait. There'll be a sale next week. So you want your sales to be special and rare, you know, not not all the time, Mm. in my opinion. So for our business, what we're thinking at the moment is we've just had a sale and we're probably not likely to have a big sale until the end of the year. Maybe not even. Yeah, and maybe not even. So we're thinking one or two big sales a year. We do have early bird offers and things like that on our classes, but I'm talking about sort of a bigger, more substantial discount. Because of the early boards, we kind of don't want to do sales. And plus the, the content is very reasonably priced. It depends as well on your pricing strategy. You know, if you price things higher and you've got more room in there for a discount, which is what many retail shops are driven by that kind of strategy, because I know I, for one, rarely buy anything full price. Depends on what kind of strategy you're using, but you don't want to devalue your work by selling it all the time, in my opinion. I definitely think that it's a good idea to open up your planner, have a look at the 12 months that you're in and decide on when would be good times to hold any of these sorts of strategies or when to put these into place. Because something like a painting a day, that's a big workload. So you need to make sure you've got the time to deliver it well and that you can prepare for it. So it's not something that you just wake up one day and decide to do, although I'm sure plenty of artists do that. Now that I've said that, (laughs) I'm sure plenty of artists go, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And then, you know, while they're in there, they're probably going, oh, why did I say I'd do a painting a day? But we don't want that to happen to you. We want you to be in there going, this is awesome and it's working really well for me. To make that happen, it's about planning and giving yourself the time in order to execute any one of these things well. So this is episode 40, which is hard to believe. Our little podcast is going strong and growing all the time. Thank you to everyone that has been here from the beginning and also to all our newcomers. If you're enjoying the podcast, we have a little favor to ask. Please, if you could share the podcast over on your Instagram stories, leave us a review over on iTunes or any of the other podcasting platforms. Tell a friend about us and spread the word. We really appreciate it and we love making this podcast and we want to keep doing it and creating content for you.